Welcome back to NT Talks Podcast. I'm your host, Sean. And today's guest, we have Finn. He is a founder of a gaming company. We talk about digital fashion, especially gaming within NFTs and everything to do with tech. So if you're really into the whole technology, immersive tech and what can be possible with regards to NFT space, this is definitely one to listen to. So make sure you subscribe, share, and at least help build this community. Okay, so welcome to NFT Talks Podcast. I'm your host, Sean, and today I'm here with Finn Staber. Now, Finn is a gaming programmer, a designer, a VFX artist, an NFT wizard, as he called himself on the, on the Instagram handle, and he's a CEO of Chicken Waffle. And Chicken Waffle is not a restaurant. <laughs> it is it's a company in the gaming industry, and they produce amazing games uh, with cutting-edge cutting experiences. So, Finn... Welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Great to be here. Thank you for coming on. Um, I've poached you from the, the clubhouse <laughs> and I've, I've been in a few rooms with yourself and you've been dropping a lot of gems, dropping a lot of knowledge. Your background, um, as you can see with the gaming developing side of it, designing, I feel like you're a powerhouse. You were made for NFTs, the NFT space, because you're covering so many areas that I feel are going to dominate the space. <laughs> I don't know if you feel the same way. No, I, yeah, it, it, like I said, it's um, it's easy to get me to talk. <laughs> the, uh, there's a lot to there's a lot to cover, you know, and the and the the, the platform is uh, evolving, and the there's so many people um, that you know have yet to learn what the the technology um, encompasses, and so oftentimes, you know, with that kind of topic, uh, just like game development or just like a lot of the technology and stuff. Uh, you know, you'll find um, situations where people are asking that question of, of mm. how does this work, though? I don't understand. Can you give me a little bit deeper? And uh, and, you know, that's uh, as a nerd, that's kind of what I like to uh, uh, dig into with that kind of stuff. You know, I, I read about these kind of uh, the back end on a lot of this technology and it, that that intrigues me. So that's what we're going to get into. Definitely. So um, what I want you to do first, though, Finn, is just give a background introduction to where you gain all these skills and and then an introduction into crypto uh, and obviously nfts and how you found your way there sure sure um so yeah so um chicken waffles a game studio in austin texas um we do a lot of cool ar and vr uh development we've done a handful of our own uh original ip um that's won some awards and we've done also 67 uh work for hire experiences for and like games and experiences product visualizations marketing things educational content um all kinds of stuff for an amazing list of clients and partners um just wrapped up a cool disney thing doing a cool rick and morty thing um and yeah just just juggling a lot of really cool stuff um and you know, earlier, later last year, um, started really uh, digging into the NFT uh, um, tech, and then you know, kind of rode the wave of the of the NFT community. Um, you know, joining on board and and becoming interested in this space, and so where we saw, um, of course, one aspect as uh, NFT creators and using our art and our development pipeline into creating cool, uh, you know, 
art collections or interactive pieces. Um, we also saw we also saw this notion of taking what we've been doing for a while and uh, aligning it into the mm -hmm. NFT community. So we've been working on a platform called XR Swim, which is uh, we're calling it the WordPress of XR. Um, okay and uh the the marketplace for the future of wearable tech so essentially it's kind of like steam or oculus home or one of these uh you know vr marketplaces uh in user experience but it goes much deeper in that it's focused on web xr and web ar web vr 3d web web 3.0 nft virtual galleries um manipulating uh 3d content and for the average user that is not a programmer, um, being able to use a dashboard, just a simple website dashboard to uh, customize and generate an immersive XR experience, web AR, web VR, and then publish it and distribute it. Maybe they're an educator, maybe they're a marketing executive to be, maybe they're just an artist and they're not a programmer, you know, that is has a background in web engineering. And that's really been the, the barrier for a lot of people making immersive content is they might have had the vision, they might have been able to even create the art, they might have, you know, have the audience, but they don't, they don't have the technical background as an engineer to necessarily set the stuff up. And so what we've done is build this really cool dashboard for the average user, the average web user to be able to uh, customize, generate and publish uh, immersive content and distribute it to the masses through a leak. And so you can imagine where this is going to do for uh, educators and artists who can yeah. create amazing stuff and have a, you know, have an audience that they want to bring it to. And, uh, and so, yeah, that's been a, an interesting um, uh, path, but it's cool though, because with, with web 3.0 and the notion of bringing um, interactive 3d experiences with multiplayer cross-platform functionality yeah. is, um kind of the next stage in evolution for immersive content gaming social all these things where mm. um we're essentially we've basically built this new platform that uh one of the experiences is basically like discord if every discord group had its own 3d environment that you could create like a mini customize. Yeah, well, and, and one you can host yourself, right? Um, yeah. Here, let me just spin it up just as if you were going to spin up a Discord or just as mm -hmm. if you're going to spin up a Zoom call. Mm -hmm. Let's spin this up. Let's have a meeting. But it's one level deeper because it has immersive content and 3D environment. And you can you can connect with your PC, Mac, phone, mm -hmm. VR headset and have, uh, you know, um, your profile and avatar that's unlocked through the connection of your MetaMask. So the notion that you're authenticating your profile through the content in your MetaMask is also a notion that I think as we get closer to this, you know, web 3.0 um, kind of movement, that's where we're going. We're, we're going in this uh, overarching connectivity for all the different marketplaces on the web. And, uh, and we're just trying to, you know, uh, do our best to help okay. help help steer that ship. What I want to do, Finn, is I want a few things you've, you've touched on, um, but I want to really focus on the angle you've came up because I feel like we've had the simplified version of creating a website. Um, do you feel, I mean, I'm assuming you've, you've been in the industry for how long? Uh, regards XR? Oh, geez. Uh, 2000 and 
10, I guess. Okay. So yeah, you've, you've been in it before, before a lot of people weren't even talking about it. I mean, it's more so, I feel the NFT space has kind of brought this up now and given people a mainstream reason to use it and for to an, an opportunity for people to use it. And now you're providing the simplified version for people, the mainstream to jump on board to be able to use these things. Is that right? Is that right in saying that? Yeah, you know, we've as a as a development studio, we've, you know, we've built a lot of different experiences and we try to do, you know, good work and standby work and, you know, take it to that next level and provide updates and all these different things that, you know, like the software as a service requires for, you know, for clients to have a success. And that's led us to have a a really strong um kind of carryover to um, you know, other people like coming to us or, or them recommending other people to us. Yeah. And so we've had so many like marketing uh, people or educational, uh, like, you know, educators and stuff come to us uh, with these really great ideas. And um, we've oftentimes had to unfortunately turn them down on being able to do the work because they have the, they have the really great idea, the notion, they have the, the, the audience that it needs to go to. They have even sometimes the content that needs to be delivered, but they don't necessarily have the, the engineering capability or the big sack of money that it takes to, you know, <laughs> um, contract a studio to build a custom experience. And so often like we've probably had over a hundred of these uh, potential clients that we uh, unfortunately just couldn't turn into a client because they really didn't have the resources or the ability to, to take it to that level. And that's nothing, there's no problem with that. Um, that's just like, it, you know, if you rewind five to 10 years, people didn't have the resources to have people make custom videos of mm -hmm. their daily life yeah. because they wanted to get those custom videos up, but people weren't really doing that. And now you have Instagram, TikTok, um, YouTube, all these really simplified measures of creating uh, user-generated content and getting it out there. And so now you're seeing a wealth of this content. If you go back 10 years yeah. at most, you know, for, for images and stuff at most, you might have the majority of people would, you know, maybe put some text on an, on a JPEG for with Microsoft paint. It was about the extent of people generating custom images was maybe you crop it or maybe you put some text on it, but most people didn't use Photoshop or, or, you know, digital, uh, digital imaging stuff, you know? And so like, uh, but now it's just, you know, this stuff is on your phone, the, the apps are free, the, the knowledge is being taught in grade school. And so uh, we see the, 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 you know, immersive technology is coming in the same vein, um, and then authoring that content, and, you know, um, signing it, essentially, mm -hmm. putting your signature through the blockchain with by NFTs, it allows an, an amazing evolution of like an art revolution, if you will, of provenance being put to the artist and the ownership being put to the artist and the actual opportunity for somebody who's an artist to um, to gain resource and rise up and provide, you know, their family or themselves with a real sustainable uh, income, you know, and that's that's really one of the things that that is super phenomenal about this movement is that if you think about it all around the world for the history of human, human civilization, um, the impoverished or underrepresented uh, demographics of every civilization since the history of our, our human race has many times not 
taken the artist's position in the community to a very strong hold. Um, they've essentially, you know, taken the art and the people that would usually profit off the art were maybe the people that took that, that bought the yeah. art first. And so the artist got a small piece and then the people that had the provenance or the gallery were able to take it and flip it or may, maybe even took two or three steps before it actually became valuable. And so what we're seeing now with NFTs are maybe the people from, you know, um, you know, BFE Utah or Uganda or Nowheresville, yeah. Louisiana, you know what I mean? That these people that otherwise maybe it's a 17 year old that has no chance of getting their artwork into a gallery. Um, but here it is with the NFT community, them able to generate real resources that can be used by their, by them, their family and kind of secure this decentralized strength that maybe you know because of their local legislation they otherwise wouldn't be able to have any real resource or rise up but with their art but but the notion that art is doing thing that's allowing them and their families to rise up is just uh, to me it's a beautiful thing another another thing i'm going to ask you is from a gaming perspective now uh from a game developers or gaming programmers perspective i'm not sure if you've got a background if you worked in any big companies and working on like triple a games but I, I remember having a conversation uh, with a friend of mine and he was talking about that the reason why he's so into NFTs is because he, he he witnessed, obviously, somebody, a developer was involved with Tomb Raider and obviously Tomb Raider went on to make millions and millions of dollars and they were getting paid around, I don't know, $50,000 a year, um, nothing more, nothing less. But their involvement in regards to producing that game was major is it so is, is a key factor so from a game perspective what is it going to do for people creating games the guys the, 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 with them skill sets um because and even in the same with the fashion industry there's people that play a big part but they get paid a, 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 not a lot of money for what they do because of the position they they play at that point and then obviously the company's going to make millions yeah, my mom, my mom was one of those people, you know, she was an artist all the time growing up, uh, mm -hmm. would make these amazing paintings, or she designed, uh, she designed uh, the parachute pants for Z Cavaricci. Okay. Remember, <laughs> Z Hammer, parachute pants. Oh, yeah, did, yeah, I had some of them, I had some. Oh, I had <laughs> a few <laughs> pair, trust me, as the person that had to like, me and my brother, she'd be like, here, put these on. We were like, no, put those things on. They're like, like, they're really cool. They're super expensive. And I remember thinking like, those are expensive. They look like they're for a pirate. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, with, the waistcoat, uh, with the waistcoat on there, man. I was like, uh oh, uh oh, uh oh. <laughs> and uh, the, uh, um, <laughs> the, but like, yeah, so, and that was a good example of somebody not getting paid jack for something that mm. otherwise was selling for, you know, I think those pants were like, 400 bucks a piece you know what i mean yeah. if not more um and uh just weird weird stuff too um but you know and her paintings would just be these elaborate amazing paints she paints horses phenomenally okay. and she uh, would go over to these rich ladies houses take you know a couple rolls of film of pictures of these ladies on their horses in the ranch you know and then go and uh uh print the film out and pick out the best picture and then uh, paint these ladies sitting on a horse, you know, and she could paint just a hyper-realistic looking horse. She'd paint these huge portraits and bring them over to these, you know, super wealthy rich ladies. And the ladies would be like $400, you know? And it was like, that's your, that's your feed bill with that. You know what I mean? And like, uh, 
and or they'd be like you made my leg look fat and she'd be like i'm sorry you know like i don't know what to say <laughs> but like... <laughs> she's like actually i made your leg look way skinnier than in the picture in that yeah and so uh but the uh you know the the i saw from an early age the way people kind of um they 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 don't value uh, the artist, the artisan of a, of a painter or of a creator or of a craftsman. Um, and, you know, as a game developer, that's one of the things that we try to really at that chicken waffle for sure that we try to really hold true is we run a flat hierarchy here, um, which means that there are no leads. Um, I like to say that I work for them. Okay. Uh, we have an amazing team of pretty stellar uh, developers on board. And uh, it's an honor to be surrounded with these peeps. And so I try to treat, you know, everyone like they're my boss. Um, as a creative director, I find that's very important because I don't want to be surrounded by just yes people. I want, I want to be talking about a cool new systems design and have, you know, my artist or programmer or tester or whatever um interject in what i'm saying while i'm drawing on the dry erase board and say actually i don't know about that and like poke holes in what i'm saying because if i'm just you know spinning yarn onto a dry erase board and and, and talking and they're not getting it then realistically they're the production that they're going to turn around and try to build is going to be hollow from my vision they're not yeah. going to enjoy doing it and so instead if they have that flat hierarchy of being able to like interject and steer the ship then what they do is say i don't know like well i played this other game that does that and then it's an open communication maybe it's a systems design talk with an artist and a programmer maybe it's a programming talk with uh you know a tester or something else that has the ability to interject uh you know a a notion from another game they played we all have a different idea of what's cool but together, if we can come to an agreement that what I'm drawing on the board with a group and they all think it's cool and they've all interjected, then for one, we could pretty confident that it's a well-rounded, cool idea with a diverse, you know, set of input. Um, and also people are, people are more uh, happy about the task at hand. They feel like they own the task at hand, right? And yeah. that, that notion as a creator of ownership is very important, um, both of course for the, you know, the resolution of getting money, but also just in the time you spend doing things, you know, like whenever I try to bring something to somebody, I don't tell them what to do. I ask them what they think should be done in this situation and i tried yeah. to explain in that message what i think would be a good idea but leave the floor open for them to give me that any kind of feedback that yeah and, and then like steer that shit because then they're excited about it and so, especially like whenever you're asking somebody to do something to redo something in game development you're oftentimes iterating or changing or fixing bugs and like mm -hmm. people check in broken things or they change something that then breaks something else and that can be very um heavy on a creator you know or as a as, you know on on a content producer because you don't want to break stuff you don't want especially stuff that goes live it makes you feel like a like a goof you know and so instead what i try to bring people is like all you know maybe it's a like for instance maybe it's an orc where his uh his shoulder pad is like his arms crashing through it or something you know and mm -hmm. so it's like there's a bug there it's not a breaker but it basically needs them to change and redo work and instead of saying like hey you did this wrong or hey can you redo this and so it's not doing this where they're like ah oh, should have done that the first time and they're like hating their 
next three yeah. hours. Uh, instead, I, I show them maybe a picture of something or I go up to them and ask, oh, I like what you did here. It looks really cool. But like, I don't know, what do you think like so that they can raise their arm up and like it so it doesn't crash them? What do you is that something that that's going to be very hard? And they're like, oh, no, I mean, like probably like two or three hours. I'm like, oh, really? That, that's cool. Like, oh, awesome. And then they're like, yeah, they're like digging into it. And they're, they feel energized. That's their it's their idea. It's their motion. They own it. And so with NFTs, that that kind of uh, opportunity for ownership, especially in the end where people own what they're creating. Um and there's this, you know, kind of notion of a DAO, I think is a really yeah. uh, unique, unique notion, especially in something like game development, because uh, with publishing and, and, and development, uh, there's never really been that. Um, there's never been like the kind of communal notion that uh, we're all equal when it comes down to the, to the pay wire, mainly because the people that are paying the paychecks are essentially gambling on the success of the future title and so especially from a publishing point of view they see it as it's theirs once you know the profit's theirs the profit's yours up until you get to that point and the, the publisher's kind of putting their neck on the line to get everybody paid for the year or two that this game is made and maybe even more if you deal with things like uh even bigger games you know what i mean it takes even more than two years where there's you know, millions of dollars invested in the in the front end of the development, and then so uh, how do you how do you level that playing field? I think the notion of NFTs is really cool because uh, you could do things where or DAOs are really cool because you can do things where um, by working on it you gain a certain uh, ownership of what could be made. And therefore, if it's a success, then you automatically get it. You don't have to worry about this, you know, overseas publisher making good on what they said. He just goes into your account. And that's a that's a pretty cool notion, actually, you know, because then just like a really uh, to me, a really solid publishing agreement are the ones that like an in, like with an indie developer are the ones that the indie developers can uh, you know, make good on the end, on the back end. And so like a big notion that we've been going with, uh, cause chicken waffles expanding in, uh, indie publishing. So we have this new, uh, indie publishing fund that we're about to announce with a, you know, big fund for, uh, working with indie developers and indie creators in the gaming and NFT space. And the, the goal there is to have this, uh, relationship where, you know, as a publisher, we front or pay the money for uh, production and promotion and getting it out there. And then we take like an 80-20 split uh, as, you know, until we recoup. And then that flips to where now in the back end, the indie developer, the creator, the original creator has the ability to uh, profit on the back end. And that, that notion. Is that a DAO? Is that a DAO that you set up? Is that what you set up as a DAO then already? Or is no, it, but, that, but, but I never even thought, honestly, until you just said that, I never <laughs> even thought of setting it up as a DAO, but that's a really great idea is setting up a fund as a DAO because yeah. the, the notion of a lot of these funds, these publishing funds are sometimes to get other like VC funds to back your fund. Now we haven't done that. Um, but the, but oftentimes that that's what a lot of them do. And so uh, for me, you know, I'll, I'm going to, you can hear it now, like, I'm yeah. going to dig into that, but <laughs> yeah. like, but I, it also really excites me for other, um, other funds uh, to, to kind of look into that and think about like, what can that mean for them? Because 
the best thing you can do as a fund or as a publisher is to entice the most creative, innovative uh, creators to to join. Like it's hard because because otherwise you're you're trying to like sell yourself to that creator. If the creator already wants to work with you, then that's really phenomenal. And that's why we actually picked the the kind of the Devolver Digital Publishing kind of uh, uh, agreement path is that. Uh, we've seen really great um, history of the indie developers with their with their publishing agreements uh, prosper in the back end, right? They they're able to uh, you know do solid production mm -hmm. because the money's there at the beginning, and then in and then you know the game comes out, it's a smash hit, publisher makes money, and then. Once they recoup, then the indie makes a shit ton of money, right? And then they can rise yeah, up yeah. and, it's a, it's a, and kind of win win, really, isn't it? It's a win win. Yeah. Win terms, yeah. And because there's a lot of there's a lot of publishing groups and a lot of funds and stuff, VCs or publishing groups who will front the money. And then um, I mean, this is actually how a lot of it works. I can't yeah. believe it. But they'll front the money, they'll take, you know, 80, 20 split up until a certain cap. And then that's as much as the indie can make on the project. Wow. And then it all 100% goes to, you know, so it's like the first 500,000 is 80, 20. So like the indie might make up to 500,000 after they launch the game. Now for an indie, that's still very attractive because they're like trying to figure out how to make mm -hmm. payroll and they're trying to figure out how to keep going. So in order to like have a full pay upfront, cool and then they after they launch it they can make up to five hundred thousand. that's cool okay well i'm just gonna have to do it because otherwise we can't keep going and yeah. for you know i don't like that it feels it feels very uh exploitive right of, yeah. of the creator and so we've tried to really shift in the direction of like what's good for us sure but also what's good for the people that we work with because i want to create that ecosystem around us you know there's a notion of what you're talking about how you run your company uh, the approach you take to get the better out, the best out of people. What do you think? I feel that based on what you just said, I've never realized it until now, but I thought that's the approach the, these uh, PFP projects have taken. Um, because especially like, okay, I always use the like board apes as an example, uh, but I feel that they were the, the community of the board apes were the artists or the artists or the, the, the thought leaders or the, the, the early adopters of the NFT space. And they all come into one community, and they the, the all community. They all represent this 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 ape community, and they all want to help each other, and they feel they're a part of something. Uh, and, and a lot of these people have gone on to create other projects that have done well. And mm -hmm. yeah, based on what you said, I think that's pretty much <laughs> what all these other projects are doing. Like they're they're, they're getting people that they're, they're tapping into what they want and making them feel a part of something. I mean, I know there's even uh, for there's I think is uh, the Rumble Kongs. They've they've got um, a PFP project, a basketball basketball three or three basketball. But the gamification comes into after, and you'll be, you'll be a part of the game, and potentially you'll be able to do more things and earn money down. So it's that whole notion. What you've been talked about. These are what these PFP projects have been doing for the last. I say it's not even that long, but last three three or four months. <laughs> yeah, like, uh, well, and you see that with a lot of things. Like when somebody does something right, it becomes the theme. If you look at the. Uh, the the history of human civilization yeah. we can align art revolutions shortly after um tribulations of human society mm -hmm. and here we are shortly yeah. after a strong tribulation in our society of with the pandemic and closures and the mass exodus of people not wanting to take crappy jobs and they want you know people quitting their jobs and all these other things and 
in in the past, what it's taken sometimes a little bit longer because realistically in the past, the communication was much slower. Yeah. But oftentimes what would happen was people of resource, um, much like now, people of resource would pay extravagant amounts of money for a, ter- a certain type of art style, right? Yeah. And then that art style would become the new thing that all the artists in the community would start emulating. And there'd be yeah. that period of trying to make art in this style. And that's mm-hmm. what would spawn it. Well, here we are seeing that exact same thing. We're seeing mm-hmm. a new art style, this digital art style revolution where there's value in creating digital art or minting this digital art mm-hmm. and, or maybe it's not even digital art, but digitizing real art and, yeah. and minting it and putting provenance on it. And then people of resource buying it is what gives all these other artists the notion of, I need to jump in on that. I need to get my skill set in there. And that's, so we're essentially witnessing a new art revolution. Okay. And so I like, know. yeah, I never really thought, I'm like, as you're talking, I'm taking it all in. I never really thought about it like that, but it makes sense. Makes a lot of sense. <laughs> yeah, and so like with with I love the board apes. Uh, board apes yacht club is a really interesting um, collection, and we're working on a couple interesting collections right now that definitely take some nice. of some of what they've done uh, to stake. But then, as a interactive immersive content studio, we see other opportunities that other people aren't doing because realistically, it's kind of tough to build games. It's 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 tough to build these like virtual experiences. But we've built some of the biggest uh, like social experiences in the world to date. So we built yeah. like uh, the virtual CES, uh, the Super Bowl. Uh, we did like, yeah. you know, there was like, I think 4,700 people in our CES virtual event. There was over 4,000 in our Super Bowl. We did Sundance Film Festival. We did the Microsoft Ignite Conference. We did uh, a cool event for Pride um, where mm-hmm. we did like a virtual Pride Parade in the inner city where people <laughs> could like jump in and march and, and jump on the floats and stuff. Yeah. It was pretty cool. And, uh, and we're doing CES again this year. We're doing AWE. We're doing the Facebook Connect After Party. We're doing a lot of these big uh, virtual events where we built virtual nightclubs, virtual NFT galleries, virtual mm. conference centers, virtual uh, all kinds of cool virtual worlds. Um, and then we have uh, this, I'm part of a group called Fail to Render, which is a virtual reality comic uh, comedy show. And yeah. we do it every Thursday and Friday night, where essentially we have professional comedians performing live comedy in VR in okay. what feels like a virtual comedy show and if you look there it looks like a comedy club you're in there and you're hanging out people are laughing around you there's a professional comedian from comedy central on stage we're actually paying the comedians on on average more than they make in a real world comedy show wow. and you after an hour you take off the vr headset it feels like you just walked in your door from a from a comedy club and the you know those kind of transformative experiences are something that we see us being able to do that's unique from the community so a big part of what we're doing with NFTs is a, you know, is a, a branch into there. So uh, we've already done a couple of our virtual worlds as NFTs. And uh, like uh, we have a, a series of virtual NFT galleries as NFTs where the owners of the gallery, uh, we have like in the description of it that like us as a content development studio will like 
here's here's the here's the virtual gallery but us as a content development studio we'll customize it for you so like yeah, you'll yeah. get you know here for for one eth you'll get a custom virtual gallery distributed either on webxr or into alt space or vr chat wherever stands are whatever kind of platform you want or multiple whatever um because that stuff kind of comes second nature to us where it's, it's it's a hard barrier for others but we've done so much it's just part of our pipeline we yeah. can knock it out and like do something that's really compelling and unique for that collector and so like, you know, with, with the generative stuff, the generative art collections, I think it's, uh, you know, we're seeing it proliferate all over the place. There's for every good one, there's a hundred, if not a thousand, uh, not good ones. And it's arguable to say that the good ones are even that good. Sometimes, sometimes it's just, uh, there are people aligned with it who have certain provenance that are backing it and promoting it. And so people jump on it because those people are talking about it. And we're already seeing a lot of that stuff, even just in the past couple of days, uh, kind of blow up in their face, you know, negativity coming. And so like what we want to do is create and what the kind of projects that I invest in and that I buy into that I ape into, um, are things like where, they are, you can tell that the, that the creator is genuine on their goal. Um, let us know, let us know, man. What have you ate into? Have you, can you, you mention any I, I bought an eight day one. Okay. Um, <laughs> I, uh, uh, bought, I've, I've got, uh, just recently I got the, the crypto punk, uh, crypto pods. Uh, so the crypto okay. pods are these really cool, like, uh, a little like spider robots, uh, okay. that, uh, have, a, a, a whole, like, kind of membership component to them and you can upgrade them in the future and they they have an interesting drop process and the the creator is very into like uh 3d web and virtual reality and so you know when i see people generate you know creating artwork uh a big part of what i see like the a, a notion as a collector should not always just be like oh what's going to flip what am i going to be able to make money on because that's oftentimes mm. a good way to lose your money the best thing is pick things that speak to you, uh, pick artists that you want to support because therefore, even if it doesn't make a bunch of money, your choice was to support that artist or support that movement or have that as part of your identification in your collection. And so that, therefore you haven't lost any money. You've, you've invested in yourself and, and there's a, this is a long game, right? So yes. pick, pick the art that, <laughs> that speaks to you that you feel also is genuine on the the goals of the artist uh, or the creator of like we're going to take it here and here and here sometimes it's important to like look at that and be like do you really have the ability to or did you just copy those goals from another collection that worked that worked out for them and so like it, it's important to kind of take a uh, subjective look at that and say like is this going to work out or is, are they just kind of you know money grabbing um and so i try to i try to be do do my best due diligence with that stuff um and so uh you know with the a lot of the collections i see a one part of course this like uh this ticket into something more right it's a yes. membership into something more but i also like the kind of notion of where we're going uh lately one of the things that i've been chatting about a lot is this uh, avatar x uh, initiative this uh you know it, i call it that just because it's easy okay to so you're my head your label. okay go on. Explain it's just that. a working name um basically the notion is that imagine if we have these uh digital accessories they're you know be it a jacket a hat a backpack a shoes glasses facial hair whatever we want to customize our virtual avatar with that's unique 
And right now, as of right now, there's no unifying avatar system that allows us as creators or artists to generate content for the multiverse, right? To take across multiple different metaverse experiences. Um, and so what I, I don't want to say propose because it's going to happen. Yes. It's just when will it happen? Who does it? And how do we, you know, keep our stuff modular so we can adopt that? Yeah. Um, what I see, it, I have a background in MMOs. And so uh, working on MMOs, you'll often have like five or six character artists working on accessories, but they'll have to keep a common naming convention, a hierarchy convention, a scale rotate and positional offset convention for the artwork that they create. So if it's going to be a hat, well, the hat actually is rigged to be a child of the head bone. Yeah. And so the hat actually, or the helmet or whatever is under, is on top of the head is actually has an offset zeroed out underneath the head bone, which is right about here, even though the hat's up here. And so you'd have this 3D hat with a positional offset right here with the correct scale and everything. And that's going to proliferate across. So like, say once we have this avatar X standard, well then now people can build their avatars Maybe it's, ready Maybe it's one of these, you know, pixies or whatever, one of these mm -hmm. other avatar solutions. And if they, if this metaverse says we, we accept uh, avatar X NFTs now uh, anybody. And then there's maybe you go to avatar X and you download the, the templates of uh, how do I create a hat? How do I create a backpack? What are, what are pants, yep. what are jackets, whatever. And then it has all those positional offsets. It has the scale rotate and everything it has an example. Now artists, 3D artists and creators, designers, you know, uh, uh, um, clothing designers and stuff like that can create custom clothing. And then that clothing, then they can mint it onto the, you know, OpenSea, Foundation, Rarible, whatever. And then um, people that collect that stuff and hold it in their wallet, once, you, once those users go to a metaverse, they can connect their wallet and then Where take anything out of their wallet and then and then that can apply to their avatar. Therefore, they can jump from metaverse to metaverse mm -hmm. and have their gear with them. And maybe even their avatar itself is the customized thing with the metadata that gets accessed and says, what is your avatar look like with the assortment of gear that's out of your MetaMask wallet? And so therefore it's these, these uh, um, you know, essentially NFT, uh, verified profiles, if you will. Yeah, yeah. And so, and, and then as creators, we're able to create the content, sell it, and then that stuff is distributed across all the different multiple uh, metaverse experiences because they all adhere to this standard, be it Avatar X or Ready Player Me or whatever it ends up being called. Epic announced that they're doing a, a huge new metaverse and people are like, oh, well, they're already doing Fortnite. And I'm like, well, Wait a second. They're going to keep doing Fortnite for sure. Fortnite's a great game, but what about all the people that are just into wasting their time, you know, just into spending yeah. their time in a social environment? They're not necessarily jumping into Fortnite anymore to game. They're just, at the most, they're jumping in there to socialize. I think they have the parties. I mean, what they call like Xbox and that they what they call the party rooms where people just you just right. before you go and game, you join and you you conversate. So that's right. going to be. And so I think experience. Yeah, I, I think I think what what Epic's going to do. I mean, I think I don't know yeah. what they're going to do, but I, what I think they're going to do, what I what I predict they're going to do, is create a uh, this metaverse that they've announced is going to allow you to um, 
uh, customize and, you know, uh, acquire gear and customize gear. And then that avatar will likely be similar style to the Fortnite avatar. So you'll be able to take mm -hmm. your custom avatar into Fortnite and then back out and then like across these different experiences, but essentially they'll feel more connected because it's you in them. And so very much yeah. like in Ready Player One, the Oasis where you're jumping across from world to world from different people or different organizations created these different worlds, but you are you based upon you and your profile yes. and the unique ideas of you. And so I think that's where we're going. Um, Twitter just announced yesterday that they're, that they're doing a, a NFT, uh uh like um what do you call it nft um authenticated profiles okay. um avatars rather and so uh, uh that's that's and that's in line with what we've been working on we have a uh, that you know the new kind of like discord environment uh with the 3d world those avatars are customizable with the nfts you have in your wallet which are really it's a really cool new you know notion of like how to customize your avatar because a lot of people like to flex with the nfts that they've collected that's and not you know and that's what you know people put their apes as their faces or the crypto punks as their faces and or as their you know their their crypto pills as their face on twitter or on facebook or on instagram and this allows them to take that into the into a 3d metaverse and i think i just i think you know these are very early skunk works of where we're going you know i think realistically we're kind of in the if you if you compared if you compared this to smartphones we're in the the cool razor flip phone era where everybody wants one i'll find it ringtone <laughs> yeah yeah i'm buying ringtones i got tetris on my phone you know what i mean like yeah, yeah. starting to spend money on more stuff than just your service plan it's yeah. cool to have one everybody's got one they're showing it off but we still haven't hit that mainstream everybody needs one that we saw once the iPhone came out. Everybody just had to have a smartphone, right? Mm -hmm. People threw the Blackberries away and they got that smartphone. And then, you know, mm -hmm. then you had essentially two main operating systems at, uh, at competition, which was Android and iOS racing for utility features. You know what I mean? And so that's kind of where we are at right now. We're, we're, we're prior to that. So anybody that's paying attention to this, are essentially early adopters tip of the spear people that um you know that are that, that for us being involved in it for a long time it feels like oh when's it going to take off but <laughs> it hasn't you know we're looking at it the tip of an iceberg through a telescope right now yeah no i i, I totally agree i agree with so many things you said especially on the fashion side of it um i think i've got a background in fashion too also so i understand that as what you're saying is there's going to be almost like a wholesale route um, that I couldn't sell and it one size fits all going to different metaverses, whatever you or multiverse, whatever you want to call it. I do think that I don't think it's I don't think it's going to be, say, a standard avatar that goes across everyone. I feel like Apple's going to control their unit metaverse and then Amazon Amazon's going to control their metaverse because I feel that the more the more uh, metaverse that, that you can go across to avatars and go across to, the more valuable it becomes. Because if I can carry it into five metaverses, then it's valuable, isn't it? If I only can carry it to one, then it's typically it's not going to be that valuable as the other one that can carry it to five. Yeah. So uh, yeah, so I'm 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 really looking forward to it, man. Like that is what excites me. This is why I wanted to speak to someone like yourself in the gaming with the gaming background to explain that in a in in depth way of your perspective, where you see things going. Um, one thing I do want to touch on is 
we've kind of gone past it, but I want to go back just to ask to hear your thoughts because this is something that I'm a bit like, mm, I understand it, but it's it's still a bit out there. Is obviously loot. Uh, so did you, <laughs> so um, you being a programmer and a, de a developer and a creator and a designer, um, does that attract? Does, I just want to know, does that attract you based on what they're doing, their concept? Yeah, that's actually what got me into NFTs first, or, you know, not just NFTs, but using um, the blockchain for identifying uh, 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 ownership uh, back in, I guess, 2014, 2015, um, I got into Engine Coin, which E-N-G-A-J-I-N, okay. e um, that is a blockchain access token that you can... Um, essentially work into uh, a game interface. Now there's a really, another really amazing one called Immutable X um, that uh, allows creators to, uh, I don't wanna say inject, but use their API so that users can uh, use gas-free minting for uh, in-game content. And this was a notion back when I was working on the MMO back in you know 2014, 2013 that uh, I worked on Shroud of the Avatar, which is uh, kind of the spiritual successor to the Ultima series and uh, with Richard Garriott. And so Richard Garriott is the guy that created the term MMO, <laughs> right? Okay. And, uh, and uh, he went to outer space and he's, he's, he's quite the explorer and innovating pioneer. And so he, you know, his, his games were the first to have real agency and cause and effect and, you know, dialogue or storylines that were closed off because of certain decisions you made in the game and, you know, multiple endings to games, all these different things, uh, the first game to come in a box, uh, all these okay. kind of, you know, innovating um, industry kind of things. And one of the things that I kind of had the notion for while I was working there, I was a VFX lead and programmer slash designer, uh, wore many hats, but I also did all the Easter eggs. All right. And so I was building all kinds of like hidden things I wouldn't tell anybody about. And, uh, and there was a lot of crafting and recipes and all these other kind of things that go in with a, an MMORPG. And I, I got the notion of like with engine coin or with one of these, you know, uh, these technologies for loot, like you said, it, it, it allows for something like, if Richard Garriott crafted this, this helm, this, this crown, mm -hmm. well, that's Richard Garriott's crown. There's only one of them because he only crafted one of them. He wears it around. And if you killed him and took it, this is it. Now that's, that's unique that say, okay, that's that one of a kind, but even take it more back. Okay. So maybe three iron ore and two wood creates, uh, you know, this sword, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Broadsword. Well, maybe it's, you know, um, Dan TDM is playing and he creates, you know, or some other really popular person with provenance as a streamer creates, you know, broadsword, which is in the code is sword number seven, whatever, you know what I mean? But in this video, he said, I claim this sword, the sword of Bahir, you know, and goes into battle and kills a bunch of people. And then goes and wrecks you know wrecks shit on a on a tournament or maybe it's a gun in a esports game with a popular you know champion winner that won the thing and then they put that gun or that sword up for auction there's only one sword about here there's only one gun that won the esports tournament you know there's yeah. only one character skin that did this 
even though it might crazy. be that's able crazy. to. And so the notion of the provenance towards that's the same as there's only one uh, board eight, yeah. you know, number I'm, 5285. I'm but thinking sports. I'm thinking sports like based on what you just said, I'm thinking sports like even like there's FIFA um or the nba uh two i think it's two nba two 2k them games like that going into like they're playing and then they're giving selling their shirts that they're playing i mean that's That's i mean if you buy if you buy a 1996 jordan jersey that's a good example is like well you know i buy i buy this jersey this digital jersey that was worn by this by this star player um as an nft and like the notion of that plus like the notion of uh, the tokenomics around like uh, uh, generating craftable, like crafted items. So like it literally didn't exist until the player in the ecosystem generated it by the stuff that they've, they've gathered. They've, you know, they sourced iron and they sourced wood. Then they went to a crafting table. They crafted this sword. Now they took it and they killed a bunch of people. And because of who they are and the provenance of where they took this sword in real life because they did it live. Now this sword has that provenance. It's the same as, you know, Willie Nelson's guitar is a $300 guitar. If at best in, in a, in a pawn shop, it's all junked up and broken and stained and stuff, but there's only one of those. So it's a multi-million dollar guitar. That's trigger, right? There's only one of it. And that is an amazing guitar for anybody's collection because of the provenance of where it's been and who's played it and who's played alongside it and all these things. That's why the provenance is the same as like Michael Jordan's old sweaty Jersey. It's like, who cares about some old Jersey? Well, but this is the Jersey he, you know, his, his super (laughs) classic, you know, dunk in it's that Jersey. And so there's huge provenance around it. And so if we take that into gaming, there's a good opportunity for, uh, for, you know, um, loot and tradable goods or the notion of like, uh, uh, I love in Ready Player One, there's, uh, they kind of did like in Doom where whenever you die, all your, all your coins, you lose all your coins. Yeah, all you just dump out all your gear. <laughs> yeah. And like, I love the idea of like games with like permadeath where you've actually spent real goods on your gear and people can take your stuff if yeah. you... That's a that's a crazy thing, and so the balancing around that is really <laughs> dangerous because you're like, are you creating something that's you know that people are gonna that your fans are gonna be very upset about? Hello, man. Well, maybe, but that's you know it's kind of part of it. You know what I mean? And like the notion of 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 taking down PewDiePie and having his gun and being <laughs> like, yeah, and now. And now, not only that, but now you got PewDiePie after you to try to get your his gun yeah, back. Yeah, that's know? it, that, man. That notion of an ecosystem. <laughs> is really cool like there, there's something intriguing about that that i think that we've never quite seen before and these this technology is starting to uh, open up all kinds of doors for mm-hmm. that I'm, I'm waiting for the fast and furious gt uh fast and furious grand gran turismo when you're racing your car you're built up and then you lose yeah, it put my, uh, yeah. <laughs> slips up, put my sli- <laughs> slips up so i'm waiting for that man like these that's that, a good idea that's a great idea so we have uh so I'm, I'm big into classic cars. Uh, my mm-hmm. brother's a, an amazing mechanic and we've been restoring old classic cars. And so the notion of bringing, uh, you know, digital classic cars into the space has been something that I've thought about for a long time and I never thought about racing them. And that's a really, I, feel, I thought about having the racing component as like a game about it, but I never thought about like 
you know, gambling with NFTs. What does that even mean? What are the laws on gambling with NFTs? <laughs> they don't actually have any value. They're not a currency. So yeah. is it really gambling? You know, like, I don't and know. It's the, and it's the same notion as that once you lose your car, you're going to think, I've got to get it back from that person in it. So you, you may. That's cool. You can, you'll you go, again. Go, go to go like, <laughs> soup, up my, soup up my Miata so it can beat them, you know? Yeah, man. So that whole game of fun, I, I, I love that. This is what I love about it. The whole gamified aspect of things like even fashion, um, we're going to be able to gamify and add more utility to it rather than just wearing the clothes. Obviously, gaming is one of the biggest industries at the moment. I'm thinking, is it in the trillions or billions um, that the turn of gaming? I, yeah. I think it's in the billions. I've, but the amount of money that games are, I mean, it's, it's big. And XR is set to uh, grow like crazy. I think right now the XR industry is. Uh, like 30.7 billion this year and by 2025 is estimated to be at just shy of 300 billion so that's a thousand percent growth over the next like three and a half four years so that's a huge uh, notion for you know people that look at those numbers there's all kinds of crazy uh, you know analytics out there about where the industry's going and, and what they're doing you know um, we are about to do this crazy equity funding round um, okay. in the next couple of weeks and so a big part of that was like preparing these analytics which is really not my my ball game I'd rather think about you know how cool it's going to be to cut the zombie's head off and or how the cool interactive puzzle is going to function you know everybody paints on their own canvas and I think that that's one of the areas that uh, you know it's valuable to uh, disperse the responsibility, but as CEO, you have to sometimes pick up those roles and uh, and and tackle them as they come. But yeah, it's it's, it's the where we're going is it's it's interesting to see this stuff uh, formulate because we've been working on a on a set of games, um, especially now that we're we're ramping up with our indie publishing, where we have we have a sequel to our, our fun game, Baby Hands. It's a virtual yeah, reality baby simulation. Yeah, yeah, it. <laughs> it's like really goofy, um, funny, funny 90s parodies all over the place, just hundreds of retro parodies and pop, pop culture references. Yeah. Um, and it's real cute. We have a sequel coming out for that and it's multiplayer. Oh. And uh, then we have a game called Shadow of Valhalla, which is a Viking combat game. It's like okay. visceral <laughs> physics-based combat in VR. It's really cool. Um, and uh, and a slew of other things underway. We got a lot of augmented reality stuff. Um, I mentioned a couple other th cool things mm -hmm. earlier. And then we have a, a really big IP that we've been working with, major IP, world known. Been working on it for a while now, and uh, but it's it. We haven't announced anything about that yet, but we're hoping. Uh, it's not up to us whenever we can we can yeah, announce they, it they'll give you the, they give you the nod when you can say something it's pretty cool it's uh it's very exciting to be working on on it and uh and you know innovating with uh user interactivity and things like that and so chicken waffle we have like seven different teams internally and we kind of juggle different people across different tasks and, and mm -hmm. projects depending on what's needed but um yeah it's, it's interesting to be in this space i think the uh, both the crypto space and the NFT collection space and just the the art world is something that speaks to us very heavily. Mm -hmm. um, one of my artists is a sculptor. She builds uh, a lot of the really cool stuff for Burning Man over the past like seven years. And she just built this really amazing stage that uh, was up at, uh, I think, a, a 
AML or AMC. I don't remember the, there's a music festival that just happened in Chicago that okay. uh, she was up in and had this stage at. And now she's bringing it down to Austin for this other big festival. And then it'll be in Burning Man next year. And it's a, it's a phenomenally crazy stage that took like all these welders and stuff to build it together with her. And, uh, you know, and, and she has an art gallery in East Austin, as there are many really amazing art galleries. And so that's been one uh, kind of focus for me has been to, uh, I don't want to say educate, but to help guide um, a lot of these traditional artists into the NFT space. Thanks, I've probably yeah. done that for 30 different artists here in the local community where you know, they are really amazing artists that either are, you know, um, yeah, you know, muralists, graffiti artists, or just, you know, they paint and they have their paintings around Austin and these art galleries and stuff like that. But they're not necessarily uh, the techno sapiens of, yeah. you know, that we're all becoming. And so they see things like MetaMask or the NFT world as a big unknown. And they're, 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 they're weary of jumping into it because they don't understand it. And so, people like yourself or me or, or other people that are enthralled in this space, it's our responsibility to educate 100%. the people around us, especially the youth base. You know, it's, it's our, it's, it's my goal to help, you know, help others prosper. That's more valuable than any money I could ever make is, is to assist others in their prosperity. And it's our responsibility to the underprivileged or under, you know, uh, um, underrepresented youth of today because those are the leaders of tomorrow so like yes. you know yeah. people you know kids in you know kids in east compton or in bfe iowa or in you know crapville new jersey where you know they're just you know they're not part of the mainstream represented youth that are going to have all the other options available to them nfts and this technology opens all kinds of doors for them and it's our responsibility is as tech leaders to educate them and, and, and lead them to where the tools are. And I was, I was actually having that kind of conversation saying those very similar things in a, in a clubhouse room. And all of a sudden uh, Snoop Dogg chimed in. He's like, yeah. Oh, chicken waffle, man. I love what you're doing. By the way, I love your logo. Makes me think of a food truck. You dig. <laughs> and like, I was like, Oh man. What's up, man. And so like, it's been really cool to see people like, you know, Snoop Dogg, Citizen Cope, MC Hammer, do you see uh, what he announced? Sorry to quick. Do you see what he announced the other day? Do you see, uh, uh, literally two days ago? He's um I can't remember the name of the collector, but he announced that he's this collector that owns like a, a, a I think it's oh, around right. twelve crypto. Yeah, points. he said I am crypto something. Yeah, I yeah, yeah, yeah. That. It's crazy. Yeah, I just thought really it was crazy. Cool. <laughs> and uh, you know, so one of the things we've been doing a lot of collaboration with big artists. Uh, we I was in a room talking, and then uh, Citizen Cope reached out to me on a back channel and was like, "Yo, I really like what you're doing. Would love to collaborate." And so this was early in the NFT uh, kind of community movement. And what we did was uh, we made a digital uh, concert ticket yeah. where it was like a concert ticket for his upcoming concert floating in outer space with his music in the background is all virtual and, and 3D and stuff. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and he minted it and it sold for like 24 grand as a concert ticket. Uh, and it was the front row VIP uh, concert ticket to his show and like I didn't think anything of it because it was just like he reached out was like what should we do and I was like a uh, concert ticket that would work because it's like a you know a thing and once we launched it it was like you know in the drop party everybody's like it's the world's first nft concert ticket and I was like <laughs> oh, and 
I didn't think about it being the world first. It just, a lot of times when you build something, um, it just makes sense. Yeah. You so just do it because you want to do it. Like, one ever, it's like, mm-hmm. It just makes sense. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so like the fact that it was the first one was, uh, it didn't even, I didn't, it didn't even register until other people were saying it, that it was the first one. I was like, Oh, you're, I guess you're right. I like started looking. I was like, are you sure? Cause like, this just seems like a good idea, you know, and started digging in and, uh, yeah, and so that was really cool, and and the notion of a of an artist selling the concert ticket for twenty four thousand. Sometimes, mm-hmm. like again, sometimes those tickets and those VIP tickets and stuff. Sometimes they sell for a lot of money, but they're but it's never the artist that gets to you know sell that that ticket. It's the it's whoever bought it and is hyping the price up. You know yeah. what I mean? But the notion of NFTs for because I think it actually sold for like. 24,000 then resold for like 27,000 or something like that. And so the notion of NFTs being able to take those residuals and the artists being able to collect on residuals, that's a wonderful thing, you know, because that's really where, um, that's where it's changing the game, you know, is like these, uh, these artists that otherwise would essentially be, uh, taken advantage of, especially like in these underprivileged areas where some really amazing talented youth creating such amazing content, and then basically being paid peanuts only by somebody that's going to take it, sell it in a different community with a different demographic for exponentially more money. And the original artist gets none of that. Right. And like, this is an opportunity for the game to really change. And I, I love that. I think it's really cool. Uh, I, I totally agree. What, what I want to do uh, for you to round it up today is I want you not too long, just to give me uh, a, how do you think a day is going to go in the world in the next, let me push forward, cause it's gonna be a while. Next 20 years, you wake up in the morning, just give me how do you think, think implementing things like NFTs, the things that we've been talking about, give you an idea how you think the world's gonna be um, from just, uh, just an average day from waking up in the morning. So yeah, so well, as soon as I wake up, I'm gonna put on my smart glasses cause I gotta have like my hood of like eight different screens floating around my peripheral um that's i can't wait for that to be available because i hate carrying around this bulky phone and uh um and so i think that's coming soon um the notion of of uh plugging this stuff into our eye holes is um without having to hunch over or carry this thing around in our pocket is a very interesting thing um and then therein lies even more so the value of collectability and virtual let's call it virtual realty right instead of virtual reality it's it's Mm -hmm. virtual realty it's what exists in this space around me um there are content like you know like earth 2 or 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 uh super world where you can essentially own this spot in the real world but i don't think that's going to be the solution i think it's going to be anybody can put anything anywhere and then because of who you are and the provenance and the following you have is why people are paying attention to your thread in the world and so like people are going to log into your yes collection in the real world and so maybe there's a thousand other things in this location in one but, spot but yeah but they log right, into if, your yeah yeah it makes sense if i go to a, a billy eilish concert i don't want to see a george Strait hologram above the stage because he bought this location mm-hmm. i want to see billy eilish's thing up there mm-hmm. or you know if i go to a snoop dogg concert i don't want to see you know somebody else's mm-hmm. branding or exxon mobile oil floating above the stage because they purchased this land in the virtual realm i want to see 
his content, right? That yeah, he yeah, put into the virtual realm. And so in the very same sense, if I, when we walk around, we're going to be wearing maybe, uh, let's call it Fashion X or, you know, there's probably already, that probably already exists. But <laughs> for, for the namesake, Fashion X, right? And so we're wearing, I'm in my Fashion X app, it's running. You're wearing your Fashion X app. We will go into the same meetup space. My headset scans the room with the point cloud data, realizes where I am based on geo coordinates and the point cloud data of the scan, orients all the stuff that Fashion X has. There's some advertisements, there's some boom. You're logged into the Fashion X too, and your headset knows where you are in the room. So when I look over at you, I'm seeing your digital avatar's representation, and I see you as your digital avatar that you want to portray yourself as. Maybe it's you, but maybe you got a cool hat. Maybe you're a full body and your 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 actual body is being um uh you know is being masked out and you just have this 3D avatar and you're like, what up, what up? You know what I mean? I mean, hopefully that's not what you're doing in a meetup, but you know, you might, yeah. You know? And uh and so, but I'm seeing you as your digital portrayal of accessories. Um, you know, I'm driving down the road and I'm sitting back because my self-driving Tesla truck, which is now what, 19 years old, uh, <laughs> you know, is I'm going off road in my Tesla truck and, uh, and you're, uh, you know, I'm seeing holographic projections of goods and services, a giant, you know, burger floating in my, in my dashboard. And, uh, and, you know, I, I, uh, I, I think work is an interesting thing where it will be, uh that's why i like games and uh immersive content is that i see this as a solution and a job opportunity for me to continue to learn for the rest of my life i'm going to have to forever be a student i'm never going to be able to be stagnant i have to always be evolving my knowledge base and the tools that i use to develop for because as the technology changes as these uh platforms evolve we're never going to have a I mean, we might have a make experience button, but we're never yeah. going to have like a clicker that says make more fun, make more fun, make more yeah. fun. It's going to take that human intervention of uh, creative thought. Uh, now we're going to have other things pop up. We're going to see uh, we're going to see pop artists go digital. We're going to see uh, just like in Japan already, we're going to see fully digital celebrities that don't exist in the real world they're is that, their that, music show, is that, that show like it's like um the you know like i don't know what you call it in the, the like the voice or like oh yeah it's talent. called uh and it's got the, the avatar hologram, the, the hologram the yeah it's already started yeah, right? yeah. so we're gonna start seeing more and more of that um but it's not going to fully replace the human mm. creation aspect because if you think about a lot of people have always said oh you know everything in music has already been done you can't create anything new and i'm like you know what the that weird ass song that uh kanye west just came out with you know he might not be my favorite person but damn that shit's catchy and it's yeah. unique and it's you know maybe it's based on all the other things that he's ever heard that really cool uh billy eilish song with uh, a bad guy that thing has an amazing baseline that like I've never heard before, you know? And so like, I can only assume that creative humans are going to continue to be creative and break out of the norm and be heard across the masses because we're going to tie into that and be like, that's catchy. And we're never going to replace all the old stuff that we find is really cool. Like 
for instance, as, as cyber trucks come out, I have the 128th pre-order for a cyber truck, by the way. Yes. So as, as, as these next generation of cars come out, as more electronic stuff comes out, well, that's cool, you know, and maybe all these cars from the eighties and nineties and early two thousands. Yeah. Maybe they do become basically landfill waste, but I can't imagine everybody just, you know, I'm never going to drive that 68 Camaro Supersport again. You know, that shit's cool, you know? And so like that stuff is, is not going away. That is real tangible stuff. There's at some point that stuff is going to be a hundred years old and you're going to see, you know, 150 year old, uh, you know, uh, Corvette Stingray in, you know, in another, what, hundred years, you know what I mean? And so like, you know, right now they're 50 years old and they're more sought out than ever before. And they're only mm -hmm. going to continue being that way. So like, though we are replacing a lot of the way we do things, I still think that us as a whole, as humans, we hold provenance to scarcity. Um, so that's what, that's the notion of a non-fungible token, right? Yep. Fungible token is a $5 bill. I can wrinkle this one up. This one's crisp. They're both five bucks. This wrinkled up one is not worth $4.95. This yeah. super crisp one is not worth $5.50 because it's in perfect condition. It's a fungible token. It's a bank note. It's, it's tender. Yeah. And so, but a non-fungible token is that Willie Nelson's guitar, right? Maybe it is beat up, but the fact that it's his one and only trigger, it makes it millions of dollars in auction. Mm -hmm. It makes... You know, hopefully it never goes to auction. Maybe it stays in the family. I don't know. We'll, we'll see what happens with that. But it's the same sense of anything else. And so whenever I start thinking that way, I start thinking about like, well, what are things that are fungible tokens, but also non-fungible tokens? And mm -hmm. one of the things is coins. Coins is a good example because coins yeah, are yeah. legal tender. They are a fungible token, can be used as a fungible token, but then because of the misprint or the rarity or the provenance of this yeah. coin, True. it becomes more valuable. And that's an interesting notion of where non-fungible tokens take us is that these gas-free minted uh, things like we're talking about with Immutable X, maybe it's just the ownership and it has no real value until somebody like Richard Garriott wears it on his head and takes it in and speaks some prose to the audience. Now everybody wants that crown because that's the one that he was wearing whenever, you know, when somebody glitched the server and killed his mm -hmm. avatar and now they take his crown and there's only one of that, right? There's only that one. And like yeah. now he's searching it out. Now the GMs are trying to get it back from you and they're <laughs> buying it back. I don't know. I mean, the, the notion of that, uh, of that digital provenance, I think is only going to grow even as we continue to see governmental legislation around it. Uh, China just today announced no, that, that all cryptocurrency exchange is illegal. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think that I think they're only the first one. Uh, we're going to see all kinds of uh, legislation over the next handful of years. And so it's hard to say what the definite of our end goal is going to be as far as like how this, you know, how this movement's going to handle. I think one thing that we can be sure of is that humans like utility. It's why everybody needs a cell phone. It's why everybody, you know, wants certain things in their life is because of the utility and Elements of NFTs or cryptocurrency that provide utility, like what Ethereum has been now been doing, like what Bitcoin can do. These are utility aspects that go beyond just the scarcity and provenance and cool factor of certain people tweeting about it. The utility of what it can mean in our life is what's going to stay. And even as organizations and companies try to fight it, there are going to, it's going to evolve. And so maybe where we are right now is that MetaMask is the solution that we all see as the utility for us trading in this way. 
there are shortcomings with the MetaMask logic. Yeah. So maybe it's not, maybe MetaMask will evolve. Maybe something else will leapfrog it. I mean, you know, you don't know. I mean, remember when MySpace was going to be the thing that won? Yeah, yeah, it's, 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 we've got a long way to MySpace. Like, <laughs> MySpace was it, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, like, it was the one. <laughs> but like I said, it makes sense. Things evolve, um, things change, behaviors change. We're at the beginning. Um, but like, I, I like the point, one thing I want to point out what you said is, is really important. I think that people are afraid that things are going to, this digital side is going to change everything. It's just going to add to what we already have. Like for the best example is we we still value things valuable value things that existed years ago. Hence the transformer in the background and the beavers and butthead and the, the sonic in the background is like we do, you 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 revalue these things still. You know what I mean? I got toys matter. all around me right now too. I guess <laughs> so. And everything. Yeah, so that's that's it, and we, that's that's human beings because that holds a memory with a memory within you, and like I said, it's it's valuable. So. Yeah, man, that's, what, that's my biggest recommendation for people in this space is they're like, what should I buy? What should I buy? I'm like, buy something that means something to you that you don't need to sell for profit. Don't invest anything that you can't stand to lose. That's investment 101. You know, don't put don't don't feel the FOMO. It's yeah. not real. Uh, don't have fear of missing out. It's not real. That's what inflates Roblox worlds and all these kids paying just shit tons of money. All their you know, they they don't want they don't want gifts. They want uh, gift cards, right? In, mm. in, in Robux so mm. that they can get into the worlds that they otherwise can't get into. Cause everybody's, everybody else is through that gate because it costs 75 cents. And yeah. so then you got 50 million kids pouring through that gate a month. And, and there, there's a notion there that, uh, is that money well spent? Well, you know, to me as a game creator, yeah, because they're experiencing it and it's valuable to them. It's a stripe on their sleeve socially to experience that. Yeah. That's what I that's what I yearn for people to realize in the NFT collection space is that invest money because it takes real money to invest in this stuff. Mm -hmm. Invest money in the stuff that means something to you. Therefore, when you if you go to sell it and you make money, then, hey, you feel great. And if you can't sell it because it doesn't grow in, in value, you didn't take a loss because the money you put in went towards an artist you wanted to support or the collection that you bought into was to hold that in your collection. So you didn't take a lot, you didn't take a loss. It was, yeah. you gathered your collection. I mean, think of all the stuff that you hold that you'd never sell. I'm not going to ever sell my, my Ninja Turtle action figures, my, my GI Joes, my old He-Man over there. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like I'm never going to sell that stuff. So it's, it's value is irrelevant. Now it does have value. It has way more value than whenever I bought it for all my old Star Wars toys, way more value than whenever I paid for them or whenever I got them as a gift from a kid but do they really have value? I'm not going to sell them. Mm. I hold more value in owning them than, than what they could give me monetarily. And so I would say in the content that you invest in the NFT market, use the same kind of logic. Instead of thinking, oh, I got to jump in on this while it's still low, then I can sell it and be rich. That's a wrong way of thinking. The, you know, most of the people that bought into the apes, for instance, they didn't buy in at the beginning, the people that bought it in the beginning anyway. Yeah, yeah. Uh, some people are buying in still now and it just yeah, yeah, boggles my mind. Yeah. <laughs> but the um, the people that bought in earlier, like, like myself, mm -hmm. the reason that that collection speaks to me is that they opened up the ability to create derivative art from it. I don't necessarily love the art collections that strictly say you're not allowed to do that because you know what i'm like i'll do it anyway because yeah, like <laughs> well parody law says that i can do whatever the fuck i want anyway you know what i mean and so 
I'm not going to because I respect creators, but the one of the elements that really caught on for Bored Apes was that all these artists in the community were creating derivative art. We created a bunch of derivative art. Like I got a Scarface ape, I got an ape that one of the ones that's on the moon with a with a face hugger on its face. I got a all kinds of them in jail. I got a, a series of jacked apes where I'm taking people that have like high provenance and like these big collectors or influencers that got an ape and put it on their Facebook, yeah, what I'll yeah. do, or on their Twitter, what I'll do is I'll take it and like jack them up like big buff <laughs> jacked apes. And then I, I'll, then I'll send it back to them. I'm like, Hey, I jacked your ape. You know, and it's like some big old <laughs> jacked up muscular ape, you know, with the same face. And, uh, and that's just fun to me. Like, that's the kind of thing that like, I didn't do it to make money. I'm not doing that art to make money. I'm doing, I'm staying up at, you know, past 1am working on this jacked ape for the sheer value of sending it back to the person that loves the ape and then them seeing it and going, dude, this is awesome. That makes, that makes the hour of sleep I lost totally worth it is dude, yeah. this is awesome. That's everything to me. Right. Like that's what I, that's what I yearn for is the, uh, is the accolade of of people enjoying my creation that's that's what i do what i do is i mean of course making money and 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 value and stuff like that 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 is important sure but it's so less important than than you know than the value of how you spend your time are you happy with life and are you helping others succeed mm -hmm. that's that's exponentially more valuable so like chicken waffle is an ethos we've donated thousands of dollars worth of books and computers and VR gear to local schools, middle schools and high schools. And I, the biggest thing I, and I told Snoop Dogg that I was like, the best thing you can do for your community, you want to know how to get it down. You're worried about your resources actually trickling down to the people that need it. You know what, go into a high school, talk to a principal or a guidance counselor at a high school and fund their technology program because nine out of 10 kids today see themselves with an opportunity in interactive media or art in the digital realm. That's nine out of 10, at least in some communities, 10 out of 10 will check that box and saying, yeah, I could be a streamer or I could be a game yeah, developer. Yeah, yeah, or I could be a digital artist or something. Of course they want that. But realistically, not every kid has that opportunity because it takes a lot of education and self-education. What they really usually lack is the mm -hmm. stuff at their fingertips. So if you really, really want to make a difference, pick us pick any school and put some resources into their technology program because every school needs it every school is hard is hurt for educators and equipment and resources so there's not a single school that has enough even the rich schools need more but realistically the poor schools really need more so pick a pick pick a you know under underrepresented school and and help fund their technology program and there's nothing better that, that you could spend your resources on in my opinion uh, i love that man i love that and it brings it to a nice little ending uh, to something positive and something with good intention um where can people find yourself in uh best handles uh but i'll put them in down the bottom but they're just just to, to say it on here across everything all the different yeah. marketplaces and social experiences uh it's at chicken waffle vr so chicken waffle vr um is all of our you can find all us at chickenwaffle.com uh we're doing away we're giving away some cool uh vr hardware and uh cool swag um and merch and stuff like that and so uh, we're going to be doing a lot of giveaways and so you can sign up for our beta program and that's essentially who we give away stuff to is people that are in our beta program because that's very valuable to us of being able to have people that are interested in this content as a list we can send 
early access to our content so we can get feedback from the community that's crucial to us to make the best experience possible it's not okay it's not shifty it's not shady it's literally trying to grow our community of people that can give us feedback and ideas and we want to listen to people we want to hear your feedback we want to know what you want and that's because that's very valuable to us so we can we can help to build that and we're uh you know we're growing we're we're looking for more wizards and ninjas to join our ranks uh people that are involved in uh, you know, things like uh, AR, VR development, uh, 3D art, or, uh, you know, um, NFT, uh, innovative technology, or maybe you're just a cool collector or a cool uh, creator that wants to, you know, kind of level yourself up to 2.0. You're not sure how to get there. Everybody paints on their own canvas. Not Nobody's, you know, everything. And so, but oftentimes, if you find the right team or connect with the right people, you can find the people that holistically uh, can bring a, a, an amazing thing together that no one person could do by themselves. And so we're looking to grow and we hope to uh, kind of advance our ecosystem here. Okay. Well, then thank you for your time today. Uh, so much value, so much value. And I, that's why I expected and you, and you definitely delivered. <laughs> so um, thank you again. Um, hopefully as you, as you go on and you, you drop the project with the big IP, we can get you back on again to talk about that. Hopefully we'll, we'll definitely keep in touch. But for everyone that's listening, please obviously follow uh, Finn and stay tuned for what he's doing. Uh, everyone stay listening and take care. Take care, everybody.